Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, marketer, it's Casey here, and this is a quick tip as you act as a fractional chief marketing officer, or as you're a marketer, maybe an agency owner or an in-house marketer or a VP of marketing, wherever you are, your job is to kind of know the signal from the noise, to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Like what you want to do is you want to focus on the thing that has the biggest leverage. Why? Because when you do that, you solve bigger problems, and the bigger the problem that you solve, the bigger the reward both for yourself, for your clients, right? That means you make more money when you solve bigger problems. So one thing that you can do, and this is just one of those just annoying tasks that, that might not be within your natural conation, but it must be done, is you got to delete all the unnecessary information, all the noise. So what I'm asking you to do is like some spring cleaning. And I'm recording this in the middle of the summer. So do some summer cleaning. If you're listening to this in the winter, the fall, do some fall cleaning, winter cleaning, whatever you want to call it, clean things up. You don't want any noise in what you're doing. So what can you clean up? Well, the first thing that you probably have that's probably a disaster is your bookmark bar. Do you have things bookmarked in Chrome or in Firefox or God forbid in Microsoft Edge? If you do, your bookmarks probably are longer than the screen width, meaning you've got 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 bookmarks, and you can't see any of them. And the things that you do see are the things that you bookmarked maybe years ago, and they're no longer relevant. That's noise. That's clutter. That's not simplicity. That's not allowing you to focus on what matters most. So take five minutes and just bomb them all and only add back the stuff that matters. Here's a little pro tip. When you add a bookmark in Chrome to your bookmark bar, and let's say it has a logo on it. Let's say it's Salesforce or ActiveCampaign or uh, Facebook ad library or your Facebook ads or whatever it is. You can actually delete the name of the bookmark and all your bookmark bar will show is the icons, the, fav- the favicons. Is that how you say that? Favicon, favicon, whatever it is. Just the icon for that page. So when I look at mine right now, and I'll do this right now as I'm recording this, I've got two tabs. The first are for Google Data Studio. There's just the logo. And the next thing is um, a Google Sheet where I have some ad stuff reported. And then I have our project management software. And then I have our CRM. Then I have Facebook ad library. It's all just the logos. I know precisely what it is. I know exactly what those icons mean. And there's no junk in there. There's no garbage. There's nothing I need to get rid of. You can also use folders in your bookmark bar. So a simple folder is around certain clients. And I would actually encourage you to kind of nest that under a um, a folder that is called something besides like clients, right? Clients might feel kind of weird for other people to see it. Just think of the optics here. So you just want the simplicity. So you have some kind of drop down menu that has all of your clients inside of folders, and you know exactly what to do, right? You know how to find the documents that you want. It's very clean. It's a great way to get started. Bookmark bar. What about your desktop? Is your desktop full of icons that just are cluttered? Do you have this nasty habit of saving things to your desktop? Oh my 
don't do that. You want to look at your desktop and feel at ease. You want to feel at peace. You want to look at your desktop and be like, wow, I know what everything there is and it's all useful. You don't want to get stuck trying to find something. You want it to be right where you need it, when you need it. So pro tip, create a folder on your desktop, call it junk, take all the icons on your folder, stick it in the junk folder. And then set a calendar note in 30 days. Did you check in there for anything? If not, delete the whole folder. Okay, all right, so you're starting to clean stuff up. What other documents do you have? What about your KPI scorecards? What about the things that you look at just on a regular basis? Where is their junk? Are you used to sifting through a bunch of garbage kind of consistently? Just to find the answer that you're looking for. It reminds me where I grew up. I grew up in the small town in northern Michigan. We had this lumber, uh, lumber yard, but it was like the hardware store. It was our small town hardware store. And every time you bought something, man, those guys who checked you out, they hit the tab button, I don't know, a hundred times? And I'm not even joking. I mean, they just hit tab, 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 tab. And then they type something in, then tab, 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 tab. And they, they like had all of this junk that they had to do just to do a simple checkout, just to scan a barcode and run a credit card. Where is your junk in, in, in the work that you're doing? And can you just go block a half day even and just clean it all up? You saving five minutes a day is worth it. You having the psychically kind of calm experience when you work, it's worth it. I think that you should have kind of a, uh, uh, an approach to your hardware too, that if your hardware gets destroyed, stolen, um, I had a big Tervis pitcher uh, or Tervis cup of yerba mate a few years ago, and I accidentally knocked it all over my laptop. It was a super bummer, right? I was super bummed about it. I went down to Best Buy, bought a new computer, because being online matters and I don't have to price shop because I know that every day that I'm offline, I'm, you know, losing money. So I went down to Best Buy, bought a laptop. And within, I don't know, two hours, I was back online, fully running. That's because I didn't require anything that was on my computer. I mapped Google Drive as a local drive. If you don't know what that is, just Google, how do I map Google Drive as a local drive? It becomes a folder on your computer that you can just drag and drop files into, and it saves them on Google Drive, so you can have them anywhere. For notes, I used notes that were in the cloud. Right? You just don't want to keep things on your computer. Applications, you, sh you should just be able to download them again. You know, what are the most used applications that I have? I mean, there's very few. Most of it's done in a web browser and, and chat like Slack. Um, but on top of that, you know, Photoshop, the Adobe suite, um, I tinker in there so I can just go and, and, and download the creative cloud downloader and download the right tools that I need and reinstall those as I need them. Uh, maybe you have the Microsoft suite that you need, whatever it is, like you don't need a lot probably to be successful as a fractional CMO. And I encourage you just to get rid of all that bloatware and all that garbage and just really simplify things while you're at it. You should probably get on a password manager so you don't have to think anymore. Your password should be, what, 12, 13, 14 character alphanumeric with symbol passwords. They should all be custom and unique. And you should set this as a precedent moving forward. You never send anyone a password plain text. You never send them the password and say, like, here's the password for this bank account. No, that's ridiculous. You should do it through a service like LastPass. 
that's a good one to get started on. Though I'm a big fan of 1Password. If you aren't familiar with them, they have a really cool partnership with a uh, secure email company called Fastmail, and they provide masked emails. So that means you can go sign up for a new service and use some kind of wonky masked email that hits your inbox, but you could also bomb it anytime you want and kind of stop receiving spam um, from the people that you sign up uh, with. So really nice setup there. It's great for your security. Um, you should be like very aware of how insecure the internet is these days. You could look up a website called haveibeenpwned.com. That's that guy Krebs on security. He runs that. Every time there's an exploit online, every time a website gets hacked and their database gets leaked, um, that database gets posted oftentimes on this other website called Raid Forums. And it's there for everybody to download. And if that forum has now your username and password, and you use that password in other places, it's very easy for someone to go to haveibeenpwned.com, search your email address, figure out what database your email and password were in, go and get that database for like a dollar, and then find your password, and then go try that password somewhere else. That's how these exploits happen. That's the danger of working online and having a, the same password for everything. Um, if they look at your password, they get your password for, let's just say, um, uh, a banking service, which would be detrimental, and they got that password. Maybe that's your secure password. You use that for everything else. And that person can go try every other service. Take them 10 minutes. They can go try the top 50 websites and see if your username and password work on those. And if they do, then you're in a ton of trouble. These people don't necessarily target you directly, though they may. Sometimes it's just that those passwords got leaked and someone is just going to try every permutation of your username and password on every website that they can get on and see what they can get into and, and what that means for them. So that should really scare you. You should use two-factor authentication. You should just take time to fortify what you're doing. Reduce the noise. Reduce the worry about losing your data. Reduce the concern about where you're going to focus. Stop a hack before it even starts. You know, do your best to, right? Just be really mindful of those things. Spend the time now so that you're not going to get caught later having exposed one of your client's CRMs because your password was a regularly used password and a hacker got into it and they just exposed your client, right? Like that's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. You need to have really good behavior and, and kind of a respect for um, passwords and, and how you do business. So this is just kind of like a foundational thing. Block the time. Most people won't. Most people will be like, yeah, I should do that someday. But the really successful people are those that just take that half day and update everything. Get all of their passwords moving forward on LastPass or 1Password or Keeper or whatever they want to use. It's going to matter when you need it. You might not need it right now. You might be fine for a long time, but it's just a matter of time before a hacker gets your password and you'd rather have them get a very unique password that you've never used before on any other website. You'd rather show up to work and have your desktop be clean than have it be cluttered. You just want simplicity in all this stuff. It's going to allow you to focus on the biggest problems to, stall, to solve instead of just kind of getting caught up in the kind of day-to-day -day garbage that can happen, all the noise. You want to have as much simplicity and focus as possible so that when you show up, you make gold records. That's it. You don't want to show up and have to do all the other work. Just show up and make gold records. That's what you can do as a fractional CMO. 
If that was helpful and you're interested, you can grab a copy of my book, The Fractional CMO Method. You can get that at cmox.co forward slash book. cmox.co slash book. You can go grab it on Amazon. You can grab it on Barnes & Noble. But we've got a special price at cmox.co slash book. And you can grab the audio book as well. Plus, we've got a master class for you on choosing your niche as a fractional CMO. Super, super valuable. I actually just recorded it. And it is my best thoughts on how to choose the right niche. And why does that matter? Because if you don't know where you're going... Your destination, once you reach it, might not have been worth getting to. There are niches that are a bad niche to get into. There's business structures that are bad structures to get into. I talk about profitability in businesses. I talk about what niches. I talk about the, the constraints that you want to have. I talk about the characteristics of a great client. You need to know all of that stuff before you go start selling your services as a fractional CMO so you don't wind up as the everything person doing the marketing strategy and deployment. You don't wind up with clients that love you but have no room for growth or no repeatability, or no referability. These are all really important things. So go grab a copy of the book, The Fractional CMO Method, and then just pick up the masterclass while you're in there. It's a quick little check on the check on the checkout. So go grab that at cmox.co slash book, and I'll catch you later. See ya. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 